0: Welcome to the Veterinary Project Podcast, episode 101.
1: Welcome to the show created by vets featuring absolutely no pets. This is the Veterinary Project Podcast, created by Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light. Our resident veterinarians have swapped out their stethoscopes in favor of microphones to bring you the Veterinary Project Podcast, A show focused on real conversations aimed to connect this amazing profession full of remarkable people. Through the sharing of collective stories and wisdom and connecting over the many unique challenges we face, we invite you to join our community of veterinary professionals leading intentional lives. And now, let's get started with another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Welcome back to the Veterinary
0: Project Podcast with Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light. Mikey, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic,
2: Jonathan. I'm going to reach into the future here because when this episode comes out, as we have it scheduled, I will be in Hamilton, Ontario for our Ball Hockey Nationals. So our episodes drop on Wednesday. So hopefully I am not injured. By the time this episode comes out, because this this tournament has been hard on my body in the past.
0: Have you been injured every single year you've gone to that tournament or before or after? Well, the short
2: answer is yes, like minor injuries all the time, like you always pull something. And then I've had a few more major injuries as well.
0: You're getting old, buddy. You're getting old.
2: I know. Don't 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 remind me,
0: man. Old bug body. Old oh, bug is. body. <laughs> <It is. laughs> no, that's good. You're in damn good shape and getting more in shape and ready for Hamilton. So hopefully it goes well. It will go well. Yeah, it'll be a good time. It'll be fun. Yep. Nice. So otherwise, anything else new in the world? According to Dr. Buck? Uh, well, I guess
2: we're, we're going to be diving into some real estate here today. Um, I am heading out to look at another apartment building. It, it came up very quick. Just last week, we got it under contract. So later this week, I will be driving out and doing the walkthrough of every unit in the building. That's sort of step one of our our due diligence. And by all accounts, at this point, it looks like it's going to be a fantastic addition to the portfolio. So I'm really excited. So that's what's consuming my time here for
0: this week. I'm always excited when I chat with you about this because your evolution in your real estate investing is so far removed from where I am. And now for all of our listeners, you've not even actually set foot on this property yet. And you and your partner have it under contract, correct?
2: Yes, correct. And that is like that is typically how it goes with the larger deals is your first round of due diligence is based off of the financials and what the vendor and the broker share with you. You, you don't walk through every unit until you've negotiated price and agreed on a lot of the terms, have it under contract then you start going through because you'd just be disturbing all of the tenants needlessly
0: otherwise. So many similarities to veterinary medicine in its current landscape. It's cool. Very cool. Well, on this note, in terms of real estate, let's get into it. This is a long time coming, this conversation, and it will likely turn into a few parts but we are going to pick your brain today as opposed to mine and look at all things real estate. And when we we're coming up with this episode and discussing it in pre recording and setup, uh, you have a lot of expertise, your evolution, and want to talk a little bit about that because this, I think this episode is going to be geared to those individuals in the veterinary profession that um, maybe a little bit, how do I say this, uh, further on in their, in their, thought process around wanting to invest, and we're going to talk about that in later episodes, but then also we're looking at those different opportunities to be able to provide income into their family or revenue streams and are looking for how to do that with real estate being the avenue of doing so. So a place to start, I think, in that context, Mike, is if you can give a little bit of a background as we were talking about in pre-recording when that conversation came to light for you in your evolution through university, and then when you start pulling the, pulling the trigger on some investments and how that's evolved.
2: Okay. and sorry, just you're meaning sort of when the real estate light bulb started coming on for me?
0: Yeah, early 2000s. Yeah. What did that look like?
2: Yeah, and I know, I think I said this in my original episode, but the, the really long story short for me was I, I found myself, um, you know, I graduated as a veterinarian. Going to work, really excited. You're finally earning a real paycheck. Um, Starting to save some money, invest some money. And I looked around, and I was seeing other veterinarians that should have should have been retired, needing to come back to work, picking up shifts because this was 2008. So great financial crisis. You know, all of their retirement funds have taken a huge hit, Um, and it shattered really everything I thought I knew about personal finance right my plan was get a veterinary paycheck save 10% of that and I will retire and and ride off into the sunset and this sort of shattered that when I saw these vets having to come back to work it took me a few years of searching and looking for things it turns out it was kind of always right in front of me because as we talked about when I went to university as a veterinarian I was very very fortunate that my parents had the foresight to purchase a house for me to live in and they purchased a five bedroom house walking distance to the university um and then during my six years in saskatoon i had roommates roommates would pay rent i got to live rent free like expense free housing expense of zero which was a massive massive head start in the veterinary profession
0: and when you look at that back to that 2002 time period uh Did you consciously contemplate how much of a difference that was making in your financial life and or were you you responsible for the month and month payments, utilities, all the rest of it in that house? No.
2: So, I mean, I'm just going to be really honest. I just had my head shoved so far somewhere. I was oblivious, (laughs) right? So I'm 17. I'm off to university. This is still undergrad. So I can take no credit for this. This is 100%. My parents set this up. Like they're like, here's the house. You live here. You find the roommates. They're going to pay us rent. They paid the mortgage. And I just was, you know, happy to have a place. So I
0: can't take any credit. Did any of that translate into your future career of real estate? Once you realize, once you consciously matured to the point that you're like, holy shit, the advantage I have is amazing.
2: Yes. So I lived there for six years. So this is six years of every month seeing, you know, rent checks come in, grabbing them, giving them to my parents. And somewhere in there, it finally was like, holy shit. Like, you know, they're getting this, this money's coming in every month. And then the the kicker was the house had like tripled in value, like 2002 to 2008. And I remember when they sold it. So I had graduated. I was leaving Saskatoon. They had no more use for the house. They didn't want to be landlords in Saskatoon. They sold the house. And my dad is, you know, a a successful farmer. And I remember him like being shocked at the check he got. And I remember him saying something like, this is the best money I've ever made. Right. And I was like, wow, like that's when it really started hitting me. I
0: was like, that was a phenomenal investment. That turned out well. And that is 2008. So 2008, you start your job. And for our listeners today, whether they're students, professionals into their early life, or maybe they're 10 years out now and going, holy heck, I want to up my investing game. We want to provide some basics, some tangible basics on how you can take Mike's lucky story. Lucky, but then he turned it into a great story of education, consciousness, and turning that into action. We're going to provide that in context through Mike today. So we're looking at basics 101 getting into real estate of as one of those avenues. And basics number one, when we describe this and what somebody should do if they're in that conscious mind frame, where do they go, Mike? What do they do? Where do they start? Okay. The first thing I would start doing is your
2: access to credit. So start building your credit score. And you know, I know this isn't everyone wants to jump right to the end where it's like, okay, I want to own a property. You've got to start laying some foundation. And especially if you're in the veterinary profession, I can tell you that the, the people that hold the money, AKA the banks, they really like veterinarians, right? I know when I graduated and I would go to a bank and you mention you're a veterinarian and you show you've been working for X number of years, they are willing to lend you money. So start right now building that credit score. This is potentially counterintuitive, but you want to have debt in your name, right? You want to have a credit card. Now you need to be paying that off every month, keeping a really low balance. You can, you can research into all of the different tactics to like supercharge building your credit score. It comes down to, you know, how much debt do you have? How much are you paying back? How much of a balance are you carrying? But the whole point here is just start, right? Establish the pattern of regular debt repayment and prove
0: to the banks that you are worthy of getting loans. And in your opinion, knowing that we are not providing financial advice, we are only providing information and therefore seek financial advice from those. And this is the legal yatter yatter for all of our podcasts. Do you start that now in university? Do you start that in high school, in your view? Again, educational purposes only, not financial advice. When would you recommend that you start building credit if you have the ability to do so?
2: Immediately. It And it, again, yes, this is my opinion. I will get Riley bank accounts and a credit card as as, as soon as we are absolutely possible. Now, I mean, I'm not going to just hand her a credit card with, with no limit and say, give her. like that's not it at all. It'll be very strategic. And it's all about like, okay, a small amount goes on every month and a small amount gets paid off. So you start establishing that that sort of pattern. Um, So immediately, and then this is a little bit of a tangent on here. I would say that the access to credit that I've had as a veterinarian has easily been more valuable than my paychecks. Like if if I had to go back and I'm a graduating veterinarian in 2008 and you tell me I can only have one thing. I can have my paychecks or I can have access to all the money the banks will lend me. I would take I would give up my paychecks
0: and I would take access to the money that the banks will lend me. Question, do you think that's because of the timing of when you're coming out of school based on the recessionary nature that we're in, low interest rates and easy access to capital for us as an exception to the general rule? Or do you think you'd still hold that true in 2022?
2: It certainly is different in 2022, right? Like we've had historically low interest rates, like you and I in our lifetime, this is our first time seeing rising interest rates, right? So we had it very good. That being said, as long as you're using debt properly, it still holds true, right? If you, can, if you can borrow money at a lower rate than inflation, you are ahead. And as long as you use it properly and manage your risk, that's a whole discussion. But so the point is, don't be, don't be careless with it, but start getting access to it. Doesn't mean you have to use it. That's the key right? Like if a bank offers you a line of credit, doesn't mean you got to go max it out. Just set it to the
0: side, say thank you. And it's there. Use a little percentage of it, pay it off every month. Super important. It can't be just at zero the whole time in order to build credit. Correct. Okay. Point two in our basics one-on-one, according to Mike.
2: Well, then it's the, the yin and the yang is start building the capital. So like the actual, your own actual money, because you're going to need a combination of the two Which everyone knows uh, to move forward. So I'm not going to really get in the weeds because it's not that fun to talk about, like budgeting, right? Watching what you spend. The the reframe is I always am trying to look at it as what does you know accumulating this capital, what is it going to do for my future? Not what am I giving up now, right? So and I get it. I'm not telling everyone to eat itchaban noodles for 20 years and save every dollar. Like you have to live life, but try to be as mindful as you can accumulate capital, find side hustles, you know, pick up the extra shifts, anything you can, because the sooner you start, like they, they talk about the wonders of the world and compounding interest. The sooner you can start this whole game,
0: it'll blow your mind when money starts compounding. I am so excited for this with my kids. My parents weren't in a financial position that they could do this, or we had the availability or perhaps even the education to do so. So excited for my kids and that compound nature, given what RESPs are in Canada, what the options are in the States for being able to allow that compounding to happen. Completely agree with you. Side hustles. You mentioned that as well, too. We are in such a great side hustle environment in the veterinary profession right now. If you are a technologist technician or veterinarian right now, You can get a job seven days a week. I'm not a proponent of that. Mental health, wellness, ensuring you have other hobbies for sure. But if you want a gig, you want to make extra cash, holy heck is now the time. Yeah. Okay, I'm totally throwing a curveball at you because we have a
2: bit of time. What's a side hustle you've done in your life? Like, pick just pick one. Like, I don't know.
0: Candace and I cleaning offices after we got married. Side hustle. Making money on the side. This is while I was a veterinarian so that we had the down payment for our first three uh, threeplex Complete side hustle. Side hustle, serving, whether it was under the table or over the table, while traveling. Complete side hustle, which allowed me to live like a king when I shouldn't have. Great side hustle. Cutting grasses, selling cards, uh, doing stuff off Kijiji, equivalent of Craigslist. You name it, I will side hustle it. Yeah. That's awesome. I I I forgot. I think you maybe told me about the cleaning offices before. But. Walking into a top ten restaurant in Africa, never having served before, and in two months serving stars—anything is possible. And all that was was a side hustle to make sure that I could afford to be where I was, which in Cape Town is not a cheap place to be. Great, great opportunity for a side hustle. Fantastic. Yeah. You? Well, we've we've done a ton. I'm, I'm, I'll keep
1: it. Till- <laughs>
2: I'll keep it to one because it was probably my favorite one. Uh, It's very seasonal, but Rosalie and I would pick up Christmas trees after Christmas, right? We would run a Kijiji ad like I have a truck and it's like, we'll just come by. I don't even remember what it was, like 15 or 20 bucks or whatever. We'll come grab your used Christmas tree and take it away for you. you. And we treated them as dates. Like we'd make hot chocolate and you'd just go drive around, pick up, fill the truck up, go drop it off. And I don't know how much we made, a few hundred bucks, but it was fun. Yep.
0: And that leads up to being able to do what you've just said, which is building capital. And why are we building capital for the next part? What is the next part in the equation for Basics 101? Okay. Uh, This one's a little bit different, not in most
2: lists, is becoming an area expert. So real estate is an inefficient market, right? What that means is like there is there are major gaps where people misprice things. You know, the stock market is not. It's efficient. You can go, you can only buy a share of Apple at whatever the market is selling it for that day, right? So with real estate, there is a huge advantage by getting to know the areas you're in. And so I still do this to this day. You know, if you're, if you're a student or if you're going to work, I would say like, take a different way to work every day right? Like drive, bike, walk, take different streets, go down back alleys and start training your brain to look for those opportunities, right? Like houses that are not taken care of, tall grass, curling shingles, you know, garbage laying everywhere. You're literally just training your reticular activating system to look for these opportunities. And once off the start it'll take a it'll take a bit of time you'll probably have to connect with a real estate agent and get some sales data so you know okay houses in this neighborhood sell for 350,000 right you're looking for the house that's beat down that you could
0: buy for 270 or whatever the numbers are in your neighborhood and then what do you do with that so you just gave the example for you and Rosalie recently what happens when you do this on an ongoing basis and it becomes habit
2: well I mean I can't turn it off now like I just see it everywhere um and then I'll reach out like directly you know whether that's if if you see someone I'll go talk to them like I'll just literally knock on the door walk up um one of my favorites is garage sales like I've I remember we we purchased a house and they had a chainsaw out front for sale I have no interest in the chainsaw but I went up small chat about the chainsaw. And then it was like, Hey, are you selling the house? And like, I knew they were selling the house. Cause I saw all the bins. I saw all the trucks coming and going, but it was like, that was my in. And they're like, yeah, we are. And all of a sudden we, we get chit chatting and we bought the house, right? Like there's, there is literally
0: no end to the amount of opportunity you can create. And you did that through not being afraid to go talk to someone, build a relationship as opposed to just doing the traditional route of going to the realtor and letting the realtor do all the discussions, et cetera, and set the price for you, which may or may not be in your advantage.
2: Yeah. And I happens. don't want to come across like there is a ton of value in working with real estate agents. Like most of your deals will, will come from real estate agents and brokers, but getting started, you need to know like, what is your market? What are what are properties worth? And this is the, a huge advantage where you, when you can find those undervalued properties. So I I'm going to throw back at you. You got to tell everyone the story you told me pre-recording here. You guys were out for Jack's birthday the other day. And,
0: and this is the same thing. It's just on a different area of my RAS is always looking at opportunities for deals and related to vet clinics and such. And we were out for dinner and then we went right by this very fancy, uh, daycare and and boarding facility of which I want to have a relationship with. I don't know anything about them, but I do know that we have some clients there. So, um, Janice asked, you know, we were chatting about it and walking by it. I said, well, I'm going to go in there and get us a tour. So how are you going to do that? Going to go in and say, hey, I'm the owner at Bridgeland Vet Clinic. Love to understand what this place is about because we've seen it over the last couple of years. Before you know it, we got ourselves a VIP tour and we're going to have a discussion with the owner about possibility for bringing their cases into Bridgeland as opposed to where they're going presently. And the only thing that I had to do was ask. She could have said no, too busy, all the rest of it, but they don't. Most of the time they don't. Or you wait five minutes and then get your way. And you're nice about it and you build relationships similar to what you did with your house.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. If you don't ask, the answer is no. And it's amazing what you can can get just by asking.
0: And not being afraid of that either. Who cares if they say no? It'll become yes later. Or it becomes yes in a different way. Or you learn how to structure that conversation question differently for the next one that comes along. Because there's always a next one. Yeah. Okay. This also fits into your last point, a really important point. Talk to us about where you then put all of these pieces together, because you can't just do it off the fly.
2: Well, i getting educated and connected. So and this is an interesting one, because I mean, everyone's going to say that. And in this stage of the market, so July 2022, we're seeing interest rates rising. We're seeing house prices generally starting to fall. Now, this is a really broad stroke because we're talking Canada, United States, Right, but broad stroke prices are cooling. This is the best time to like start executing on one, two, three. And then number four, getting educated and getting connected. So, you know, that's reading the books on the tactics. I personally think there's more value in getting connected, finding the meetup groups, finding a mentor, because you want your skill set to be up and running for when those opportunities present themselves, which they will traditionally real estate prices are going to lag these interest rate increases, you know, by six, 12, 18 months. So we start fast forwarding to 2023, there will be real estate deals, but you don't want to wait till 2023 to start getting educated
0: and connected. You should be doing that now. So you see that house on the corner, Mike, as an example, trees are grown or the grass is overgrown. The trees don't look taken care of their shingles curling, as you'd stated earlier. What do you do with that? If you're maybe not in a position to having built enough capital, your credit is good, uh, but you don't quite know your market yet. What would you state that that individual that, again, Basics 101, wants to get started, identifies a house, what do they do with it knowing that we still have some maybe um, deflationary price pressure coming in real estate?
2: Yeah, and that's a good question because, you know, though you can't time the market. No one knows where the bottom of the stock market or the real estate market is, but in any real estate market, you can still find deals. So if you're buying it at a price where there's enough cushion built in, I'm still buying. Like I said, we're going to look at a property this week, even though interest rates are rising, but if it's still a good deal and it still makes sense, I'm still going to move forward.
0: How do you know it's a good deal though?
2: I have analyzed more deals than I can possibly count, right? So I, that's, that's jumping ahead. Like when we have all these frameworks, now you have a sort of a live thing. You need to learn how to analyze it. So what is this going to generate in rent? What are all my expenses? What is the mortgage pay down going to be? What's my interest rate? Run all that out because it is really a numbers game when you get down to that stage. And that just takes practice and practice
0: and practice. And so I've read the books. I think I know what it is. I'm listening to the podcasts um, in a pre-recording. Then you made a comment that I thought was really good. What do you do? Analyze them and write offers. Like At the
2: end of the day, if you if you're not writing offers on real estate and taking action on it, you know, all of it's kind of for naught, and this is that analysis paralysis. It this is the hardest part, right? Mm-hmm. To like literally put the pen on paper, write the offer, sign it, and submit it, because now it's very real.
0: But you're committed,
2: yeah. But like Even that offers, there's ways out. Oh, you always have conditions in. This is where you know if you're working with a good real estate agent, they will guide you. If you have a mentor, they will guide you. So the I'm work, I'm working on a blog post cuz there's it's often said like oh a house is the biggest purchase of your life. I think that's total crap. Like mm-hmm. honestly, buying a house is very easy. It's all of the emotional stuff that gets tied in with it, but it's like the actual buying of an investment property is very very simple.
0: And there's a thousand people that have gone or a thousand articles that could walk you through step by step on how to do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So
2: yeah, Excellent. Right. Yep. Well,
0: that's basics one one right there on how to get into real estate as one of the multiple sources of income towards having that financial independence, fulfilled life, all of those different options that individuals are looking for in 2022 and beyond every year. So Mike, thank you very much for sharing your wisdom. We're going to have another part series that gets around to the whys, the behind the scenes and, uh, this is great for somebody that's looking to get into real estate. Where would people reach out to if they've got questions or there's something that's tweaked their interest and they want to hear more from you? I guess for now, social media, probably
2: Instagram, Facebook. um, You can hit up our veterinary project emails and I will have a personal website launching here with Whisker Cloud in the near future. It'll be like michaelbug.com. So that will be the best place once it's launched.
0: So we're working on that. Dropping bombs, dropping hints. Mike, we come to the end of our conversation. Thank you for sharing your wisdom as per always. What message in closing do you want to leave for the veterinary community?
2: Oh, once I saw you start grinning, I knew you were going to put me on the spot. I would say since this is real estate 101 and just about getting started, I don't underestimate how powerful one single rental property can be for you and your family's like financial picture. Over, you know, 30 years, when you run the numbers and map it out, it can be absolutely life-changing, right? Real estate is not at all this get rich quick scheme, right? But I I consider it, you know, it's it's almost a get wealthy for sure if you do it long enough and do it correctly.
1: Thank you for listening to the Veterinary Project Podcast. As a recap, on behalf of our hosts, the Veterinary Project Podcast will be releasing new episodes weekly. So be sure to tune in as we bring you more conversations aimed at helping you enjoy a life well lived. If you enjoyed what you heard on the show and you want to stay in the know, please like, love, and or subscribe to the podcast on the listening platform of your choosing as we're available on all the usual suspects. If you know of others that may benefit from these conversations, we'd love it if you please share the show with them, as this will help us grow our community to reach more and more veterinary professionals. Speaking of which, if you are a veterinary professional and would like to get connected with more like-minded individuals who are joining us on this journey, please send an email to theveterinaryprojectpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll invite you to be a part of our private Facebook group. General feedback, requests for information, or perhaps requests to be a guest on the show can also be sent to the veterinary project podcast at gmail.com. Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light, thank you for listening to the show and we'll catch you again next week for another episode of the veterinary project podcast. Bye for now.